0: You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Do What You Want Radio, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs and freelancers and pretty much anyone that feels like listening. Uh, I'm sitting here with Ellen Ogden of Ellen Ogden Art, and she is here to talk a little bit about her creative process and what she does in Baton Rouge.
1: Yes, I'm Ellen Ogden. I'm a visual artist, kind of specializing in the handmade. So everything from small-scale easel paintings to sign art for businesses with menus on them or just visual cues for businesses to designate what they are to massive large-scale murals, interior and exterior but specifically kind of with the hand involved. So less digital background, more of the manual
0: perception. That is refreshing because everyone's on their computers, <laughs> including me. And so I don't know, when I see your work like at a local restaurant on the menu, I'm like, wait, someone drew that. <laughs>
1: right, yeah. So it's it's definitely, actually you have some envy for you because you have all this esoteric knowledge of the digital world, and I think that you can elevate so many things with that. Um including handmade stuff. So I'm kind of dipping into a little bit of digital stuff as far as transferring images and figuring out color schemes and layouts and that kind of thing. It's been crucial. So not to say that they don't intermingle and do really wonderful things for each other, but I think it is a dying field. I think handmade stuff is is rare, so it's kind of an exciting time to do it because it's like a renaissance right now of people appreciating it.
0: Well, and it's really impressive, a thing because a lot of people have grown up doing everything digital from the get go and I think a lot of stuff that's in school now is transferring to mostly being digital and I mean I know for me for photography in college we got to work in the dark room and, and do analog uh, film stuff and that was really fun it's not super relevant to what I do now but it was still really great to learn and I liked working with my hands and so it's really fun that you get to work with your hands a lot with what you right. do. Right,
1: well that's generous I think, um, well I think that you say it's not serving your work now but it does because you dive so deep into your color and I have a really hard time talking about myself so you'll see me <laughs> deflect it to you a lot <laughs> well, that, same so I'll just do the same <laughs> yeah. but um I think that it's useful to have a background in doing some of that and actually I'm kind of just before the cusp of everything turned digital mm-hmm. in fact when I was at LSU they just started the digital program so yeah. I kind of got that, you know, old timers' stance on all, everything before it transitioned away from it. What? How old are you? I'm thirty one. Thirty one.
0: Okay. So you turned thirty one this week. Okay. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Well, you're not <laughs> that much older than me. Just a right. couple of years. But um, I I do think our generation is unique because we were, we had that teetering of yeah, exactly of growing up without phones and then getting phones, kind of like, <laughs> whereas now all the kids like they grow up having a phone like when they're like fourth grade or something and that's just an example but I think we have a very unique generation because we kind of saw a shift while we were growing up yeah and I think that's transcended to how I do art and how I've learned things and I remember I grew up playing on myspace and learning coding and doing that kind of stuff and it, it was right at the tip of social media booming yeah um And so it's kind of the same thing with the art mediums, I think, too.
1: Absolutely. It's really it's it's like the transition from in the Renaissance when they learned how to do perspective. It's like, you know, we we blossomed into this digital age where we have this knowledge of how things are produced by hand and how they originated and how the computers were designed to replicate that. But all of these younger people right behind us have a different visual language that they've grown up on. So it's really interesting to try and both cater to that and learn about that and also the generation above us that has no real background in that and is just like, why are you looking at your phone all the time?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I mean, digital stuff is such a useful tool, like you said. So explain some of the ways that you're using digital to... So one to of help the your stuff. yeah,
1: absolutely. One of the first big things I did as I was kind of getting into my own freelance stuff was buy my iPad, mm-hmm. and I've used that for every job since. It's been the most useful purchase to date. Um so I use it as a digital sketchpad essentially, and I can take images of the spaces I want to design in and just draw directly on that image. So not only do I get to visualize exactly how I want it to look with the colors and the spatial relationships or you know, whatever furniture might be in the space or if there's a light or a fixture in the way. um, But the business owner gets to see that and say, oh, wow, that really changes the space. Mm -hmm. Like, that's incredible. Um, And it really, it sells it. It makes it easier to process and design and lay out when you're getting on the site. All of the above, it's just um, been greatly impactful and
0: positive. So go a little bit deeper into what you're saying about, like, designing in the space. Like, what kind of work are you doing? Sure. So,
1: Lately, I have been doing a lot of work for local businesses, um, from menu boards to big um, signs and murals. The latest job I did was probably the most exciting. It's a new venue called Dead Poet, which just the title was like got my heart a little, you know, beating faster because it's speaking to literary fun things and just deeper intellectual stuff, and then just fun exciting music venue so Mm -hmm. it feeds everything in me um and I got to do um large scale murals on the wall all over the space some smaller lettering pieces with some illustration in the bathrooms got to work with the designer and the owner from the beginning and kind of conceptualize that and so from the beginning I was in the space taking pictures and drawing and working with them on what their selections were for the artist they went ahead and chose Musicians to be their dead poets for mm-hmm. the main space, so they had a list for me to kind of um, work off of, and from that I got to design and compose a, my own story and my own feed from that. So it was an exciting project, but um, super different than what I grew up on without the iPad or mm-hmm. without any designing from um, a digital
0: sense. So take me through your process of how you go from step, you know, A to Z, like. Drawing it, getting it on the wall, working with the clients. How does that whole process go?
1: Well, I feel like I should back up because I went through a lot of iterations of that, (laughs) which is probably not the best phase, so it might help other people to not do the same thing. Um, I got a background at at LSU. I got a fine art painting degree Mm -hmm. and an art history degree. So I thought I wanted to do curatorial work in museums. I got a bunch of internships, writing. I even got to design spaces from the collections and write the didactic material that goes on the wall next to the art. Okay. So I loved digesting information, researching, and regurgitating it for an audience. That is still something I do for sure. Um, I hated sitting in a cubicle with fluorescent lighting and by myself and not moving, and that I just couldn't. That was not a good life balance. I just couldn't deal with that anymore. So I decided I didn't want to do that. I wasn't going to pursue any career in museums or anything, um, and just moved along to all different kinds of things. Waited tables all the time. I also taught art lessons independently. I worked at a place, a new road's called Center for the Arts, which is a great institution if you're a young artist to go kind of try out teaching. Um, I also worked at a stained glass shop for, like, four years. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So that was super integral to all kinds of things. I was doing manual architectural layouts and blanks, which helped me immensely in some of the large-scale work I'm doing now. Um, and then I did that for three or four years, and I got a job at Trader Joe's doing um, in-house artistry there. So that's a great company to work for, too, if you're an artist. Yeah. Um,
0: I feel like that's kind of how I know you. Um right. And some other local artists, because the chalk art, or is it even chalk art? Like, is it chalk it's, pen? We call or? it
1: chalk art, but it's honestly just acrylic markers.
0: Yeah, th- that's what I really am so impressed by, because <laughs> I can't, Thanks. I just can't do it. That's why I'm so impressed by it. Like, that in how Trader Joe's um, facilitates a way for that to be changed all the time, I think, is a really unique thing yeah. for a business. And if you haven't been to Trader Joe's, or you don't have a Trader Joe's near you, just Google it. But um, there's just always these, like, hand-lettered sign, hand lettered signage pieces right. by, like, everything, and it's so cool.
1: Yeah, I think, well, Trader Joe's, so it's a grocery store, so it's really fun to work with products, because they call, they research their stuff, and they have products that are non-GMO and all-natural, and they actually care about what they're putting out, so mm-hmm. you can feel good about being 31 and working at a grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, In there, working on my craft every day, keeping my chops up, Mm -hmm. and also digesting the material they have and figuring out a way to elevate it and give it to a patron in a way that's either fun or
0: educational or just generally capturing, you know? Yeah, that sounds like it's also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of people on the outside of the art world don't realize how our majors can be applied to real life right um in like a commercialized way and I think that is a great example of like a business that's like giving you consistent um opportunities and like it's it's a perfect application of like what you do in like a in a general sense for people to understand absolutely
1: yeah they're shtick and it's great they're super stubborn because you see all these other stores going to like online merchandising mm-hmm. and figuring out how to b- get bigger and better and easier and more economical and they're like no we're all about customer service we're all about the one-on-one and we are a, neighbor- a nationwide chain of neighborhood grocery stores so we wanted to feel like it was here designed here for the space and um, all of the latitudes given to us so we reinvent the wheel with every store that we open which is exciting
0: yeah, um, and so I feel like I've also seen your name because you put your little handle at the bottom yes. of the the menus and stuff that you do, and I've seen them at um, places like White Star Market and yeah, I feel like somewhere else, but I'm blanking right now.
1: I've gone, I've done a lot of local businesses. White Star, both the BRQs, City Pork, mm-hmm. City Slice, um, a lot of really fun venues, Marcello's, um, Wanderlust. I did their windows, all kinds of places. So, bounced around town. Um, Really, word of mouth and a lot of backing because I do the Trader Joe's things. Mm-hmm. People have a portfolio they can step into and usually do on a weekly basis. So,
0: what has been like some of your favorite? I mean, what is your favorite aspect of what you do? Like, do you like doing the the menus? Do you like doing murals? Like, what is your favorite?
1: I think you know my favorite thing is by far the large scale murals. And really, that's my yeah, that's my goal is to get more into my my end game is to have a. Um, be able to do a few really large projects a year Mm -hmm. and have a studio practice behind it because I'm really passionate. Like I said, I like researching and digesting and kind of excavating the passion behind things Mm -hmm. and regurgitating it in the most exciting way. So I think doing that for businesses serves that because I can interview the people. So we're getting back to that original question. Mm -hmm. I can do that for the businesses that I'm serving and then my studio practice is serving kind of the muses and keeping those fires turning and and giving me some fuel for that service. So I think it's really important to balance both worlds.
0: What is it like doing a mural? Because I can't even imagine how you would begin to do that.
1: Yeah, so um, like I said, so it starts with research always mm-hmm. oh, for me and not everybody's process is the same they a lot of people a lot of artists are just intuitive mark makers or react to a space but I like have this dying like f- forever curiosity of everything and uh-huh. I'm an overthinker over analyzer so I have to research everything to its death um and then I interview the business itself so if it's the owner or the manager or the person the chef or whoever it is that's kind of fueling the fire of the business and I have all of these notes from all of the above, and I'll start drawing, um, take pictures of the space. Sometimes I'll walk around the space. Um, sometimes I'll take pictures in the kitchen if it's a restaurant, look at some of the food items, um, and have all of that at my, you know, spread out in front of me, whether it be on images on my iPad or printed pictures or quotes or things all over. It's kind of like this beautiful mind situation. Mm-hmm. And then I'll start sketching. So, um on the photographs I've taken of the space. And from there, it's just going back and forth with the client and generating, um, more ideas and honing the design to their liking with a lot of pushback usually from me. Cause I'm pretty critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I have a background in it, so I have Liberty to be, I think right. and just it's like creative you. license. Exactly. So, um, and, and then I'll,
0: um, start with a layout and just go from there. So are you like, just getting on a ladder and going to town on a wall or are you projecting (laughs) stuff like every now and then
1: i will just do it from by hand actually most all the chalkboards i do by hand i'll do a little bit of layout i don't project anything on those or layout really um i do use rulers and try and be specific with lettering um for the large scale stuff i have projected like an outline and then um fill in with all color but it's still i usually diverge so much from the original outline i might as well have done it from by hand from the beginning yeah um i also do this thing called pouncing which is great if you're trying to do large scale um work you take a pattern or a large piece of paper and you can create your image on that um so that you can go in the space and put tape it on the wall and Basically, what you do is you lay out a large piece of paper, and you either project your image, or you can draw on that, and you take a little rolling pinwheel. I think you use it in sewing a lot, and uh-huh. you, you roll out the design so there's little holes in the paper, and then once you bring that into the space and tape it on the wall, there's all these holes of the lines you've created, and you chalk powder that. So you've transferred your image to the wall that way. That sounds like how I carve my
0: pumpkins. Really? Nice. <laughs> yeah, not quite, It's not quite the same, but I, I print out whatever and, like, get a thumbtack and just, like, poke holes along the, the yeah, edge of the exactly. line and then take it out. And then that's how super I have Super
1: manual, super simple. Like, anybody could do it. You say, like, oh, I could never do that. But honestly, it's just labor and perfecting the craft. So.
0: What would you say that was called? Pouncing. pouncing, yeah, like a tiger. Yes, it is like a tiger. <laughs> so when you're doing these large-scale things, are you employing people to help you? Or are you just, like, by yourself, no, just painting? I have not yet. Um, I have a couple
1: of people in my library of, you know, uh, um, friends that I would call on, and I've been in the back of my brain to be like, maybe I'll get her to do that or this person do that. But honestly, I love to work. I'm a little bit of a workaholic, so it's kind of like you're going to steal a little bit of my love, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I had this conversation with, um, I think it was Molly Taylor, actually. Really? Um, (laughs) How how it's like I just, like, selfishly want all the credit. I want to be like I did it. Right? (laughs) Like, I don't know how I would even begin to delegate things because I just don't know how to share because it's all in my brain and I don't even have it organized myself. So how would I be able to break it down to... Well, that's the
1: thing. Actually, the credit thing is tricky. So, you mentioned me putting my little hashtag on things. That was, like, relative, relatively recent, and I went back and did a lot because of a lot of my friends being like, what the hell? Go put your name on stuff. What are you doing? Yeah. Because I hate, this is really difficult. I hate talking about my stuff. I hate promoting myself. Like, I get a lot from talking and looking at your stuff because you're unapologetically, like, this is how you get business and promote and get better jobs. Like, do it. Well, thanks. Well, I'm glad you're
0: actually on the podcast.
1: Thank if you, you don't want to talk
0: about stuff, like, you're <laughs> yeah. doing great
1: so far. Or it's a very forced thing. I appreciate <laughs> that. You're um, very
0: natural at conversation, though, so... Thank
1: you. It's fake it till you make it. Yeah. Well, that's the story <laughs> of
0: everyone's life, I think. Right,
1: right. Um, but anyway, yeah, the credit thing, um, I, it's more about, like, it's an intuitive kind of reaction thing, so mm. I can't delegate, like, oh, put a purple mark on that nose, because... I didn't know until I put the orange mark
0: next to it. You know what I mean?
1: So it's not really something I can entrust to just a a person.
0: Yeah. And then, well, and then I think creatives can collaborate successfully, but they also can clash. Right. (laughs) Because we all have our own stubborn, I don't want to say the word ego, but I guess that's what it is. We just have our own stubborn ideas and it's so hard to, to take criticism from someone else on a piece you're doing together I would right. think like I've, I've talked to a couple of people on the podcast that are, are partners in their business and I'm just like I don't know how you do, how do that I think I'd kill someone or right. I'm so passive and like non-confrontational that it would just like I would get walked all over and it would never be what I wanted it to right. be um so it, I think I have mad respect for people who can work successfully with others. Not that I'm antisocial and I can't work with people, but right. when it comes to what I do, my business is literally my name, same as you. And it's right. like I do not want other Which people. Which might
1: change. I just can't stand it.
0: But. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, that's why it's hard. It makes yeah. it hard to to promote your business when it's your name. Like I, I always say, like, if my business was named, like, something completely different. Colourpop orange or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> then I would have way less um, – issues with promoting things and right. it would be a little bit of a separation. Almost like a costume. You can yeah, put on a mask like, and Or like when you're out. working for another brand, I can do this, that, and the other and post 17 times that day and feel like I'm not annoying anyone because it's not like no one knows right. it's me or if they know it's me, <laughs> it's not my name. It's different when it's your name on the line. And right. so it's hard to entrust that with other people because it's like Jordan Heffler didn't make this. Jordan Heffler plus six other people made this. Right. And that's weird. And then I, yeah. And I mean, it was. it's hard. I used to work for a photographer. And the business was under her name, but I was doing things under her name and I always thought like that's taking that's a lot of guts to like entrust other people to like work for you under your name. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's a really good thing to bring up is the ego thing and just the, you know, clashing of artists and, and brains and stuff is something you encounter all the time and I think it's really exciting right now because we're in a era where Instagram is so big and this creative world we're in is all about elevation rather than competition. Mm-hmm. So that's been really exciting to engage with for me. But I think it still exists whether or not you like it. You know, you can't you can't reduce the ego. It's just yeah. an and human nature. The I don't I don't know if it's the name-signing thing is more it's it feels narcissistic yeah, and but I do marketing it is that but it also is I don't want to like so the big reason I'm an artist is not to get money and have be famous or anything like right. that it's because I want to talk to people that don't normally have a transcendental experience I want someone to be able to look at something and be like beauty death or any moment of you know like the other essentially and I, that's a bit austere because I'm doing menu signs and stuff but like <laughs> no but honestly, if you have an art background
0: you have to think that way because exactly. that's how you were brought up looking right. at
1: art yes and honestly it's like a religion for me like that's why I became an artist because I looked at paintings and I was like what is this feeling um I'm thinking about this big picture stuff and and I really, th- I have most of my friends from college moved to Brooklyn or are all over the country doing art and big um, galleries or this or that, and they've gotten to a visual language that most people can't enter. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can
0: relate to that. So yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to another photography friend about this because we both went to LSU and graduated together, and we were talking about how in fine art school it's like almost considered like you're a sellout if you're doing stuff for right. business, but that's kind of like. What you have to do if you're wanting to do it. Right. Um, if you want to do art just for art's sake, that's great. But then you have to have another job, and so if you have that other job, then you don't have as much time. So it's this right. vicious cycle of like, if you want to do it full time, you got to make money from it. If you want to make money from it, you got to put yourself out there. Right. If you put yourself out there. You feel like you're a sellout. Exactly. It's like this never ending. But like, I
1: think beyond that, like I think that's even a compromise of purpose to to claim that you're you're doing it for money or anything because you're honestly reaching the most people to do it
0: that. That's way. That's what I was just about to say. I. I I've had this, like, everyone always talks about, like, a money block where you feel like money is dirty or greedy yeah. or, like, bleh. And then, like, I've read um, – there's a really good book. It's actually on my shelf right behind you. It's called You Are, you Are a Badass at Making Money. And it's nice. the same person that wrote the book You Are a Badass. It's by Jen Sincero. Um And I thought the book was really eye-opening because it's, like, you would have to switch your perspective and think like, – because money – I equate money to, like – quote-unquote fame and it's not like I'm trying to be famous but just well known basically right. and if you the more well-known you are the more money you can make the more you can transform other people's lives or inspire them and it's like it sounds narcissistic like you said to to think of yourself like well I want to you know reach all these people like who are you to think that but right. it's so true like the more money you can make the more you can give right and do and uh reach and the same thing with like with your name being on everything like just because your name's on it doesn't mean you're like look at me it's like that's just another way for you to get more work and the more people you work with the more lives you might be able to change and it sounds so dramatic to think that way because it's like we're not curing cancer here but like I I do have to remember that like maybe people really like Seeing my photography and why it would I take that? Happy. Why would I take that away from Sometimes them? Sometimes like, that's or... the
1: purpose of art is to bring people to a place that they don't do in the mundanity of their daily lives. Yeah. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah, so... and I'm always thinking about it in terms of music, and it's like what would I have done if so-and-so didn't put out that album that, like, got me through this hard time? And it's, like, exactly, yeah. it's the same thing, and you don't actually know who you're reaching or what it can do for them. And it's also, when you're t- thinking about it for business, like, your menus are helping them sell more of a thing. <laughs> right. And so, like, if they hadn't found you and hired you, then, like, they might not be as successful as a business. And it's, like, that butterfly effect where, like, everybody is touched by something. And it's it sounds weird, and it's hard at first when you're doing it for yourself because, like, no one's going to promote you... F- for you like you have to do it yourself and it's so much harder when it's under your name but at the end of the day you might just be like helping so many other businesses and so if you switch your perspective to be like oh uh, I'm being selfish or narcissistic versus like I'm helping all these people it's weird it's a weird shift but It it does help you like process it I think
1: right and it's I mean if I look so I'm my back like my family is pretty blue collar you know my mm-hmm. dad's a contractor my mom helped him with plans and stuff mm-hmm. I, I didn't come from any sort of intellectual background at all so this is all new to me so when i engage with the creative community or with any at lsu even it was sort of this foreign entity and a lot of my artist friends didn't have that background they had you know professor parents or they had you know at least a lot of them are first generation immigrants so their cultural background just mm-hmm. gives them an outlet to something different um so all of these kind of factors of my background make me want to create something that the man can enter and also elevate. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, like, every person could look at a portrait of Amy Winehouse with all of these things going on and be like, holy cow, she was amazing. Oh, my gosh, I remember that moment where I heard that song and I remembered that nostalgic piece. You know? Right. It brings them to some bigger picture of, like, we're humans on this planet. You know, so that's the end game with everything. And that's why I want to do both the business facet and the studio practice. Because I think that I can't do one without the other. You know, yeah. can't keep one alive without
0: I think, I think, serving.
1: And one with you know, yeah. I would die without, you know, some sort of fire within me to create. Well, I think that's so. why it's so
0: important for artists to ha- always have personal projects. Because it's so easy to get burnt out so fast when you're right. equating everything to, like, pay because you're just like I need this to pay for this and so for so long I was just taking every job I could didn't really love it photographing everyone and anything for low amounts of money and I got burnout like within like a year of doing it and I was right. just like this isn't fun and then it wasn't until I started like Instagram really I always tell the story but Instagram became like my my school like because cool. like I had done a, a challenge like four or five years ago that was, like, post a self-portrait every day on Instagram without it being a self, like, a selfie. So, like, something that, like, reflects you. So I was all of a sudden like oh this is like school like I have an assignment every day as long that's as I cool. get one photo up and yeah. that's what started this whole thing where I haven't missed a day of goosebumps. posting <laughs> well we can do maybe I can start a challenge with everybody <laughs> yeah. another photo challenge but you should that's basically, true. I forget
1: about all of those because it really does get people fired up well to... and it
0: sounds cheesy but like I haven't missed a day posting since then it got me in a habit wow. that's awesome it's it got me thinking like it gave me a, a purpose I was like I'm a photographer in this world of like doing senior pictures and everything else that I don't really want to be doing right. at least not on, on that amount like I I was doing so many it was just like yeah. i was so over it within like five seconds and that gave me like an individual fun assignment every day and it got me thinking like i was in college i was like thinking conceptually and metaphorically and looking at lighting and just super right. observant about everything and that's what started my consistent like content creation marketing essentially because it was something to post every day so i don't even know where i was going with all this but that was basically just like a way to have like a personal project without yeah. it being like it doesn't have to be this big major thing but that got me that was like my personal goal every day, right. to get something on Instagram. But it sounds
1: like that's what helped you tie what you were doing for money to the same, to the creative right. to the, fire, to the conceptual or to the whatever you're describing, you know, the right. metaphorical or the the deeper content.
0: Right, and because I was, when I first started Instagram, I was like, oh, this is just for film photos, like, in the moment, and you put a filter on it in this app and you post it. I didn't really think about it as, like, a portfolio or, like, a social media thing. I was just right. like, this is something, because filters... I had always been editing photos on Photoshop and stuff. Yeah. But when that came out, I didn't know, like, what a filter, the idea of a filter was, like, oh, this is, like, editing on Photoshop but on my phone. Yeah. So I was, like, all (laughs) these cool photos I've been taking of, like, my cereal or anything, like, (laughs) where I had nowhere to put them because I was just an artistic photography person. Yeah. I was, like, oh, I'll put them here. So I would just post, like, 50 in a row. I didn't know it was, like, social media. I thought I was just, like. Putting, putting up it.
1: pictures into a like. Album like like kind Flickr of, or yeah. something.
0: And then it kinda of grew into this thing where like, oh people are saving photos onto their phone to put on here. And I was like, "Well, yeah. that's cheating. This isn't instant. That's not a, <laughs> I, that's not an iPhone photo." So for a long I'm so time, I'm ignorant to
1: all of it. It's just funny to hear like the rules that you create. Like, well, see, and I, thought I c- that's what
0: you're saying, I created the rules for myself. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Well, it's called Instagram, like instant. So it has to be like Those I did jerks it right now." are cheating. Literally, I was like, "That's not from your phone. Like, you're cheating. You saved that. Like, that's a DSLR photo." And then I realized, like, oh, people are using this for like marketing for portfolio and I was like well I'm a photographer I can post my photos on here and it doesn't have to be something I took today it can be something I took four years ago and that opened up so much like it was just like such a simple mind shift but I was like oh this is something that can be and it's a free Advertising right. platform essentially, and it's grown so much since then. But the whole story about that was that to have a personal project is so important because otherwise, you're just going to get burnt out real fast if you're doing it all for money. So, I think, like you said, it's important to have the studio aspect to the commercial okay. aspect, or else, like, one can't live without the other,
1: right? And honestly, I mean, I have studio, commercial, and then Trader Joe's right now. So, honestly, I'm at a level of pretty high intensity close to burnout myself yeah so i'm starting to juggle like what do i need to do to be able to back away from whatever entity it is not that i want to sometimes
0: but you have to though
1: absolutely and so side hustles like i have an airbnb are really important for creatives That's cool. or um you know renting with a roommate or things like that have been really helpful um and definitely encourage you to cut wherever to be able to do the things that are going to serve your passion it's yeah super important
0: um, I haven't done this yet, but I talked about it on my Instagram story the other day. A friend of mine, Taja Harmony, in town, She had we had a meeting for Tuesdays Together. If you're in town, you should join the Tuesdays Together group on Facebook. But I have joined it, but I haven't, yet, I haven't gone. Uh, yet. I've only gone to a couple, but <laughs> okay. it's, it's a really, I think, I mean, if you don't live in Matin Rouge, it's put on by the Rising Tide Society, I believe. Okay. So they should have a chapter anywhere you live, probably, and if not, you can start one, and it's cool. just like a free meetup where a bunch of creative people get together and just, there's like a prompt and someone leads the meeting. And so Taja was someone who, um, led one of the most recent ones. And she was talking about the Marie Kondo show on Netflix, nice. which I've still yet to watch, but I've read her book, the life changing right. magic of tidying up. Right. Um, but she was relating it to business and was like, if you take a note card and write down every single thing you do in your business or in your, your profession, and write it on a separate note card and lay them all out. It's like a visual. It's like the I tidy think I remember you
1: talking about or hearing that somewhere. Yeah, well, I
0: haven't done it yet. I need okay. to. I'm actually really scared to do it because I'm really afraid to actually really see how much I to do.
1: Write down the hours that I work a week. A friend of mine asked me to do that like eight months ago, and I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah, well, that's essentially what this
0: is, and it's kind of the same thing that Marie Kondo does in the show or the book, where like you put everything you own in the middle of the floor, and then mm. you literally go through one by one and be like, Does this bring me joy? Like, is this right. successful? Have I, did it used to bring me joy and maybe I'm just done with it. doesn't mean like you hate it or you never liked it. It's just, you're just done. It served you or whatever. So Taja was talking about doing that with the note cards and that that really stuck with me because I'm like, I'm really afraid to see that, but I'm sure it'd be a whole pack of note cards. Right. And like,
1: without a doubt. Yeah. And I need to
0: do it. And that's a good way to be able to, to see what you are already doing and really go through each thing and be like, this is not important. Let's cut it out. Or like, this is something I can hire someone to do or whatever.
1: Absolutely. That's a really good point. I think I've made, you know, massive efforts to transition that in my personal life. So the joy of living thing, the Marie Kondo thing is, it's interesting because if you go in my house, it's pretty, I do so much in my studio and so much color and so much loudness and so many ideas and associations in my living space. It's just clean. It's like very bare, clean, minimalist living because it's calm and everything else is in a rampage, you know? So it's an interesting toggle back and forth to think about your practice that way. And that would be really helpful.
0: Yeah. Cause you think about it like for your personal, like you said, like right. the other day I went through my closet and listed a bunch of stuff on eBay and Poshmark, but like, that's <laughs> essentially what you'd be doing if you went through all the things you were doing in your business and right. like that deserves a clean out too.
1: That's true. That's uh-huh. a really
0: good point. So you, you talked about your studio. Do you have a studio at home? or Yes. Is
1: it... So I have a house, I have room in my house where I work, and I also um, work in on-site most of the time, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I might do a little bit for big jobs in my studio, but for the most part I'm on-site for hours and hours, just laying out and doing everything there.
0: So what does, like, a week in your life look like?
1: <laughs> I was going to ask
0: you the same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I work... 30 hours a week at Trader Joe's. Oh, wow. Um, And that is how I get really great benefits, which is a big issue for a lot of creatives.
0: Uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) My wallet is currently being robbed by healthcare.
1: It's terrifying. And I have, you know, don't need to get into it all kinds of – everybody has their own health things that they have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So it's scary to not have benefits. Yeah. Um, And besides that, every day I go home um, and do – if I don't have a meeting that afternoon with a potential project – then I go on site somewhere and I'm taking measurements or I'm laying out and the next day I'll go paint mm-hmm. or, and then I have three days a week devoted to basically working. So I don't give myself a lot of days off. I'll have like an afternoon where I go hang out with friends and that accounts for enough time off. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially I'm either planning for a, a big project or in the middle of a lot of smaller freelance
0: projects all the time. So, so how long? Because it sounds like what you do, especially with like the murals and stuff, it's it's uh, a time thing. It's not right. like it, you do it in a day. So how long does like a project take for you? Is it, like a month process, or is it, like a week? Or
1: right. So that is totally contingent on the project. So the first big project that I got to do that kind of started all of this was for Trader Joe's. Actually, I got to do all the murals for the Metairie store in Trader Joe's. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was really it was really awesome. They just relinquished everything. I got to design. From inception, all the concepts are mine. So the the whole thing is, like, you're drunk but not drunk. So Mm -hmm. there's, like, produce strewn about. Everybody's, like, devouring produce or getting milk drunk in the um, milk's dairy section. That's perfect
0: for New Orleans. Right, (laughs) and
1: it's Metairie, so it had to be kind of vague because they're probably going to open a New Orleans store, so Mm. it couldn't be iconically New Orleans. Right. But they are on a parade route there, so the Irish-Italian parade's there. So I got to use that imagery. Yeah, it was really fun. So those... I painted, marathon painted, probably like 800 to 1,500 square feet of murals in a month. So just like sun up to sundown, painted nonstop. Wow. It was crazy. But it was like, oh my God, I love this. I have to do this all the time. I love designing this and seeing it from start to finish and being able to take something that could be a little stale, like, apples and pears and make it something fun that people are, like, looking at and taking pictures of and engaging with the produce in a different way or the environment or locale. It makes it feel personal and specific, but also big,
0: you know? Yeah, so So. when you're working on a project like that, are all other projects, like, on hold? Are you, like, a a one-project-at-a-time kind of person? That kind of thing,
1: absolutely. So Dead poet, same thing. I had maybe a few small commissions in the mix, but if I do something like that, I automatically turn off everything off everything else so that's so
0: interesting because I'm like so opposite where it's like I have a shoot for like an hour that I come home and edit the shoot I did last week and then I do well it's project to project for you yeah
1: you don't do large right you don't have to render big things right right? the actual making of the stuff takes so many hours I can't do it any other way yeah I tried unless you had a clone (laughs) exactly Yeah, I tried to. They they sent me to Oklahoma to do murals for Trader Joe's. Wow, which was really exciting for me. So our region was pretty busy for a while, and we've slowed down. So I was going to be able to do a lot more, but we didn't open new stores yet. But that, I tried to do a lot of other things alongside it, and I almost went crazy, because I just don't have the hours in the day. Yeah, you're just one
0: person. Right. So when you do get inquiries about projects while you're doing a project, do you just say, like, I can't work with you until this date? No, I'll usually go talk to them you know, inquire
1: the same as always and just feel them out and see what it is. Oftentimes they're at the early stages of the business or they're at a place where they're like, we're thinking about this, but it's honestly operating fine this way. We just saw your work and thought it would be cool. So, you know, art is one of those things. It's not, it's gratuitous in mm-hmm. a sense. It's not something you must have, but it will serve you if you do.
0: Right. So that's that conversation I have with Thomas in Wimberly Wimberly. The first episode where he, <laughs> he was saying, you know, like art is just like, the scraps of the world like you're just taking everything that already exists and trying to make it better right it's not like it's like you need to have it it's like a luxury type thing but like when art meets functionalities when like design comes in and that's when right. like the business side comes in so it's like you like people have a menu they don't need it to be beautiful but if they had a beautiful menu they'd literally probably sell more stuff exactly so it's like a functional thing
1: it is <laughs> and I think that as designers and creatives we have the capacity to digest and generate all these associative ideas that maybe the business owners can't and regurgitate it in either the simplest way or the most impactful way that they wouldn't see or ever thought of. So I think you know as I say gratuitous but I really honestly believe otherwise. I believe it's right. necessary,
0: you know, like yeah, a, but in in comparison to like medical surgery or something, yeah, it's never going to be like at the forefront of someone's I'm sure like Yeah, you can make an argument though. Yeah, no, and and <laughs> it depends. It really like it's, it's subjective too. So it like depends right. on the situation and the person and the in the the need, but overall art is a luxury but it can impact like and I don't right. even have numbers to back up but I know sure. for a fact like if your menu is beautiful people will want to order from it versus if it's sketchy no one's going to want to order your food like and that's just one example it's the same <laughs> thing with photography and I always say like you I mean so you start a business if you don't have photos of what you do like no one's going to want to buy it especially if it's a product or, or right. an experience you need to invest in imagery that conveys that. Exactly. And so it's like, I may not be like, a, I may not be the one person to do it, but you need someone to do it and you can do it with your phone yes, or you could hire someone to do it. And if you're going to do it with your phone, you need to do it well. Like, right. you know, and so it's like, you still need people to are gonna know that you did it
1: with your phone. Right.
0: <clears throat> and so you need to hire someone who is specialized in that. Just like if you, if your toilet breaks, you hire a plumber and if right. you do it yourself, it might be good, but it might not. So, I mean, <laughs> it's the exactly. same thing. And people don't think of the creative professions in that way. And it's literally the same thing
1: yeah it's accurate it's interesting you go client to client and some are like totally get it and mm-hmm. see exactly like oh you understand color you spent half a century i'm mean, half, <laughs> half a decade
0: half, half a, a century. century
1: you're very experienced <laughs> yeah half a decade specifically looking at color and know it in a way that's different than other people whereas some you're like sitting there trying to convince them of like you know, you feel like a doofus saying, like, no, if you put this here, it would be cool. And they're like, I don't understand, you know? So well, then it's
0: like that awkward argument, like, well, you hired me, so you right. should let me do my Which job. Is,
1: so I'm getting a better feel for, like, okay, well, this person doesn't know what they're, you know, getting into or understand why they're reaching out to me, so maybe this isn't the client for me. Yeah,
0: you can um, start start to screen the red flags before right, you get too deep.
1: Right, exactly. Um, but I think there's a reason why there's cave paintings in lesso so. you know there's a reason why people have always been inclined to make something beautiful mm-hmm. um it's it's there because we are humans with a purpose and we have to find that purpose at all you know against all odds so people going you know that might like I said my family's worked in plants and done you know they're the people that I love and engage with in Louisiana are never going to have the vernacular to engage deeply with what I do, mm-hmm. but they have the capacity to escape something that could just be the doldrums of their life. Yeah. So I think the function... and they may not have
0: to understand it. But they can appreciate
1: it. Exactly. Um, So I think that that will always carry us beyond, you know, dealing with the finicky client
0: or... Yeah, (laughs) well, because we all do what we do for a bigger purpose than the client, but the client is the one that helps us (laughs) afford to be able to do it. Right, right. Um, So going back to Trader Joe's, you said they've sent you other places to do stuff. Are there multiple people like you in the company around the the United States doing
1: what you do? So every Trader Joe's has an in-house artist. It's one of their things that keeps them feeling local and feeling... um, Integrated in the community, and usually there's a few. Honestly, so mm-hmm. I work with a couple of really talented people too, right. um, and people have transitioned in and out, um, and the same for stores across the country. Honestly, like I said, it's every stores it's unique thing so it depends on that manager some of them don't care about it just like any client some of them Mm -hmm. don't want it so you might have a store that has just simple signs I'm very fortunate to have a captain we call our head manager (laughs) that cares about it and he values the art in there and he sees what it does for us and he's given us liberties to do it um so you'll see store to store very different stuff um and and that's part of the every store has their own artists and their own vibe but they also have their own management. So it just depends. But there are people that um, have done, you know, there's muralists all over the country, so it's kind of region to region. That's cool.
0: Mm -hmm. So not to get too, like, detailed either, but so I I assume that means you don't have, like, any sort of non-compete or anything because you're able to do stuff everywhere. That's a really good gig.
1: It is. Well, honestly, so the big picture is that they, we are not called artists. We are crew members who do art. So their shtick is that everyone does everything in the store. We're not specialists in the dairy section. We know everything. So it's actually pretty healthy for me to have that social aspect to be on the register for a couple hours a day Mm -hmm. because I'm cooped up in a hermit the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, So I get to see people like you and talk to you on register and have a community still. Um, So that's pretty healthy. (laughs) But it also allows for things like non-compete. Like we don't we aren't artists. We're just doing things for the store you know so there's nothing contracted at all it's very strange kind of land limbo land to live in no but that's a
0: beneficial thing oh it's very idyllic yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah because uh that would i mean if you if you had a non-compete would you you probably would just do your own thing of course full time right Yeah. yeah yeah um i had a question for you and i just forgot it oh my gosh Oh, so what's next for you? Like, what are some of the big projects that you're working on that you're allowed to talk about? Oh, okay. So I don't really like to do that. Um, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't
1: have to answer no, that. No, I just, I'm I'm really bad at talking about things before they're done. Because I'm, I'm just kind of superstitious. I'm,
0: I'm skeptical. Yes. I'm always like, if it's not like... Pretty
1: cynical, skeptical. I'm like, if it's not done, then it's not going to happen.
0: Oops. I'm sorry, my Google's reminding me to do <laughs> stuff. Good job, Google. Thanks, Google. Google. Uh-huh. Um, no, I'm the same way. I'm kind of like because I would I'm always so embarrassed if like it doesn't go through and I already said something about it yeah which has happened so, so.
1: yeah exactly okay well, we don't have talk to go about there. Dead Poet was amazing okay. that was the most recent project I am doing so this will definitely happen I can say I'm doing the um, cover for the Jazz Fest Bible that all people that's Offbeat exciting out, which is really fun because it'll be you know it's the list of all the venues and stuff and it'll be a fun kind of like more illustrative things. So uh-huh. It's a tie together of the fine art and the kind of Trader Joe's stuff that I do.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. I um, am working on something similar Ooh. that I don't think I can talk about. Not for Jack's test, okay. but <laughs> by the time this comes out, it'll probably f- be fine, but I won't say anything. <laughs> but uh, I have a very different. Uh, design and approach than mm. you do though. So I'm very excited to see how your illustration stuff comes out. Yeah. Cause I cannot illustrate to save my life. I can draw SpongeBob and <laughs> that's illustration. <laughs> well, it's copying from a cartoon, but <laughs> well, I can't brand and create a business. So, <laughs> well, like, you're doing great.
1: Thank you. <laughs> well,
0: speaking of brands, what would be like your dream client or brand to work with?
1: Ooh, I don't know if I could call a particular niche. I love working for, um, restaurants and boutiquey kind of places mm-hmm. because the persons the people behind it are super passionate. You have right. chefs that are calling their like backgrounds and everything. Um but honestly, I've done stuff for truck stops that have been just as great and fulfilling and served, you know, like That's so random, but yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um really successful truck stops and they care about what it looks like. So, uh it really it just depends on the business owner, honestly. Yeah. It depends on the client. I don't think that I would serve, um, you know, a mom and pop shop less than the Target, you know, if mm-hmm. that was ever an end game. So like it just depends on who's who's passionate.
0: That's exciting. I can yeah. see you doing like big campaign <laughs> stuff like in the future. Like I don't know, I have the people Thank that you. speak at like conferences that are always like, I did this for Target. Like I can see you being like one of those people. Like I someday. would love to
1: just have enough to be able to live and travel and and have the
0: muses always stirring. That yeah. is the absolute goal yeah. for me too. So what are three tips or habits you could share with people who might want to get into what you're doing?
1: Oh, okay. I would say I'm really staunch about getting garnering a craft so you see like you hear the big thing right now is just do it just go for it and i'm kind of like
0: learn a little bit so you're different than okay because everyone else's answer just go for it and i think that works for some personalities i think it's
1: great for people that are timid and like uh intimidated but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there that are a little bit egocentric and narcissistic and they're just like, I'm doing it yeah. And you're like, You're not really doing it that great. <laughs> you know, like. I totally I totally understand that, yeah. So you wanna I, I would love for people who are excited about doing something to go invest it further. You know, like maybe get a skill share, maybe do something there's so much, so many resources to learn. Learn about color. Learn about mixing. You know, I spent I did a program in college where for three weeks we painted from dawn to dusk and for hours we would just mix colors on a palette we had a limited palette of three traditional oil paints Mm -hmm. and just mixed colors and painted the landscape and watched how those colors interacted I mean that has served me in everything I've done since yeah so garner those skills because it will serve you you know it's tedious and annoying but
0: but do invest, that first.
1: investing in yourself is never a bad right, and then thing. and then that'll give you the confidence to to talk about it and to
0: do more. Um, so three,
1: yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> if you don't have three, that's fine. It's just kind of the question I've been asking everybody because yeah. I think it always sparks a really good conversation.
1: I would say um, have a community of people that you can talk to, whether it be just supportive friends who don't maybe have the vernacular to talk about it, or a creative community, mm-hmm. um, and it could be online. Instagram has served me really well for that. I've talked to muralists all the time. I've never met. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say just carry through the doldrums. I don't know. I don't know if I have a third. So okay. sometimes the um, the hardest part of projects is finishing. Yeah. You know, you landed it, you, you're in the middle of it, it's going well, and you're like, wow, this is never going to end. For you, you have that quick turnaround. That sounds, I'm very envious.
0: You're yeah, like sometimes. on some things
1: <laughs> if it's design related, which I don't do a whole lot of, sometimes mm-hmm. it never ends. Well, because Manship is a continuous design stuff, yeah.
0: Like. And I mean, that's that's like I'm in the office, they tell me they need something, I'm there till five and I do it, and then it's done. But I've okay. had some freelance situations that I mean, I, that ex- are exactly why I don't do freelance design very much because it's just never ending. Client doesn't know what they want, I don't know what to give them. Go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, okay. And at some point, someone needs to make a decision. Right. And you think that the creative would be the one to make that decision, but that's not always the case when there's money on the line, so.
1: Yeah, that's painful. Yeah. Because time is very expensive to you.
0: It is. And I don't think people realize that, and that sounds really, um, once again, narcissistic, like that my time is worth this much money. But, like, it truly is because it's just, like you, there's one of us. Right. There's only 24 hours in the day. We have the exactly. same amount of time that everyone else does. And we are hustling. I promise you, 100 percent harder than you probably are sitting in your cubicle, because our livelihood is dependent on whether or not this works out or not. Right. And if there's ever a moment where you're not working, you feel guilty because oh my god, you're like I could (laughs) be doing this to make more, or like I could have gone to that event and networked, or I could have posted one more thing on Instagram, or I could have used a different hashtag, or I could have
1: done this differently. I have, yeah, I totally understand. It never
0: ends, and so. You can't just clock out at 5 o'clock and go home, and I'm getting better at setting boundaries. I'm getting better at not feeling so guilty if, like, an email goes unanswered for a couple yeah, of days. minutes. how do you deal
1: with the life balance? We haven't talked about that.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't deal with it, which is why <laughs> it's so fun to talk to everyone else about it, because every person I've asked that about on this podcast has had the same, you know, answer. It's like, there is no life work balance, and if there is, everyone's searching for it. Right. Um, and it's it's hard, and it might be a little bit easier if you have a partner mm-hmm. in the business with you, or employees maybe, but... When it's just you, like you're never not working. If even if I'm like I don't even know at Walmart buying milk, like there I might be posting an Instagram story about something that I see or I might responding to an email. Yeah, or I might run into someone (laughs) that I know and then we're talking about like them hiring me. Like it it never ends. Like you literally can't and there's no difference between doing something for personal or doing something for business when your business is you. So um especially in the age of Instagram and, like, blogging and stuff, it's, just, like, there's always something I can talk about, and whether – it might even just be a personal experience, but it can be used for my business. Exactly. And I'm so guilty of, like, always trying to think of how can I monetize that? How can I do that? How can I make that part <laughs> of my business? That's it's, interesting. It's so hard to just turn it off and be, like, right. I'm just going to go do this, and it just doesn't happen, so – Wow, how does your boyfriend deal with that? <laughs> I think I think he's mad at me today. Today's our one of our uh, we celebrate our anniversary every month on Aww. the seventh, and we get Waffle House. Oh, <laughs> so sweet! And so today's the seventh, and he texts me. He's like, "Good morning, the love. Waffle you happy House. anniversary?" And I was like, "Yeah, we can get Waffle House tonight now after I'm I shoot this feel... event from four to six because I'm photographing a thing."
1: Um, <laughs> like... I feel like a little bit heartbroken that I'm taking away from your Waffle House. Oh no, well
0: he's at work right now, okay, so it okay. wouldn't have mattered. But okay. that's that's a great question because yeah. he's very understanding and supportive. Supportive of what I do and he understands that like sometimes have I have a good sh- partner I have to shoot on the weekends or like I'm about to go to South by Southwest right. for two weeks and that's during his birthday and it's like but this is a great opportunity and I have no control over when this event happens and right. if I'm asked to go do it then that is a great thing to do and it sounds do. like
1: you guys serve each other's lives pretty um regularly yeah you know, no, know like and but continuously he's working on the partnership so he's it's not.
0: very um supportive and he We don't live together, and everyone's always like, Why don't you live together? I'm like, One, because I want to live alone, and two, we're not engaged or anything. Like, I just want to live alone. And so, so there's I'm asking you all these questions so I can make my boyfriend listen to it later. No, it's fine. Well, people people love talking about Christian, and he refuses to come on the podcast, but yeah, so I just have to, you know, talk about him. But um, people always want to know, like, why we don't live together or whatever and I love living alone and doing my thing and working from home and there'll be weeks where I won't see him for three or four days in a row just because right. he gets that I'm here and I'm working or um, I have an event and it's late at night and so I'm going to come back to my house instead of going right. across town to his or whatever and so this has been one of those weeks where I've had stuff going on almost every day and mm-hmm. I haven't even seen him in a couple of days and like he's fine we're good like yeah. no one should be worried about it everyone's always so worried about it
1: <laughs> well you say it's interest, like you know if you had a partner in business or if you had a community a creative community but I think the side life balance is what does it for me like I have a really great partner that sounds similar to your boyfriend mm-hmm. and he for the most part understands we do have sometimes where he's like hey I exist and you need a life you know yeah, <laughs> like, exactly let's go do something which I need someone to kind of shake me and be like hey you're becoming a hermit and you need to stop yeah um so I think it's really useful. That would be my third thing. Eliminate the doldrum thing and say, have a little bit of a
0: life balance. And yeah. Keep your and whether that's fully. a boyfriend or a parent or a friend or. Community or friends or, or even anything. just like your fake friends on Netflix. Just something to exactly. get your mind off of it. But, you yeah. know, yeah, Christian's the same way. Sometimes he's like, you're oh, always on your phone. And I'm like, just so you know, it's I'm this not like, <laughs> I'm not chilling on my phone. Right. I'm not just like doing, if anything, I'm like. Posting something or tagging a product or I'm responding saving, to someone. Saving or.
1: other murals or saving yeah, it's images. Like yes. Yeah. I'm not
0: ignoring you. I Writing promise. on quotes that
1: I need to use. Or. It's just,
0: it never turns off. So it's yeah. hard. It really is hard. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, he, he tries to stay up to date with what I'm doing. I might just start sharing him on my Google Calendar. I don't know, because I, he's like, "What do you have going on again today?" I'm like, "Well, I have this interview, and then I'm doing this, and then I have to run this errand, and then it's I have to buy this." To keep and up. You're and like, "I think this. I
1: told you about this, but probably not."
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so he just trusts that, like, okay, we get busy. So, right. but he gets a lot of perks with me being a photographer. He gets oh, to nice. he gets to get to go to a lot of concerts for free and All eat right. a lot of free food. Maybe and... that's what I need to
1: start doing more <laughs> trades, and we can go out to eat more. Yeah, yeah. No, and like
0: okay. for. For for instance, like, I'm doing this um, brand partnership soon with a restaurant for an Instagram post, and so I get free dinner, and so Christian gets to come with me. He's always getting free stuff because of me, (laughs) or, like, I got, like, front row seats to, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers to shoot, and he's like, I get to come. So, like, you know. That's awesome. He likes to complain, but he also gets a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff.
1: Well. And you guys balance it out, it sounds like, with your Waffle House and whatnot. Yeah, well, Waffle House
0: (laughs) is very important. If we don't make it on the 7th, we try to go on the 6th or the 8th, but we go every month. There was a couple months when I was doing Whole30 last year or the year before where we had to skip it, but then we just make up for it later.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's the other thing. I have to exercise or do healthy eating or whatever and maintain that balance of stuff. But Waffle House, have you ever read the Anthony Bourdain quotes on Waffle House? Yes. They're so good. I did one of those in um, Dead Poet.
0: Really? Yeah. I still haven't been to Dead Poet, which is so funny because a friend of mine, um, his band was playing there last night, and I ran into him yesterday, and he was like, "Come to the show." And I had a Skype meeting, so I couldn't go. But yeah. I've seen it, and I mean, I used to go there when it was Shadies, because right. <laughs> that's LSU how I time knew. and
1: apparently, it's been several iterations.
0: It's been since. a couple things since then, but I, I passed by it the other day. and was like, that looks so fancy. So It's nice. They're I'm doing not, good they, things over out.
1: there, from local acoustic stuff to, like, big shows. It should be a good venue. I yeah. They're going to yep. have some good stuff come through.
0: Shout out to Dead Poet.
1: Yelp. Too many um, times, probably. but
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, really. But, okay, so where can everyone find your work and keep up with you?
1: Right now, um, the best way to find it is through Instagram. My handle's just at Ellen Ogden Art. Um, All right. O-G-D-E-N. And is that how people can hire you to do things as well? That is a great means. My email and phone number are there as well. Perfect. So I love email. You know the horrors of new messages on Instagram.
0: (laughs) Yes. Always email a creative person. Yes. Because it's
1: lost in the ether if you don't click on it or if your phone doesn't die in the middle of reading it. Or any of those horror stories. And it's not
0: searchable. You can't like search keywords to find it. Like no, it's if, awful. If we've ever not responded to you about something, it's, it's because, because of Instagram. It's because you did it on Instagram. Right. Or Facebook. I don't like Facebook either.
1: Right. Email
0: is the way Email to do it. Email is the best. Email or phone call. Yeah, well I will link all of your information in the show notes and the description. But Great. thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. I really appreciate your time and so inspired by your stuff. Well, likewise, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go to Trader Joe's and look at all your fun stuff. <laughs> Hey, y'all, just popping in to give a big thanks to you for listening to this episode of Do What You Want Radio. As always, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and follow if you're on Spotify. Show notes for this episode and more can be found at DoWhatYouWantRadio.com. I am super active on my Instagram account, at Jordan Heffler, if you're interested in keeping up with me there. And I also have a weekly email newsletter that you can subscribe to at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Every Thursday, I send out a tip of the week, along with promotional information about my Do What You Want workshop series, online e-courses that help you learn to create authentically branded content that leverage growth on your social media platforms all by yourself. I also have Lightroom presets, merchandise, and just general information about my life and photography business in these email newsletters. Y'all are so awesome for listening thank you so much and until next time keep doing what you want (laughs) did that sound too fake